let's uh let's let's start the kink shame all right find a spot around the fireplace you goons it's time for another tale of casual master quest Aloha, everybody, and welcome back to the guild. This is another beautiful episode of Casual Master Quest. I am Tyler Vitito, your host for the evening. However, I'm not nearly as important as these two beautiful gentlemen in the corner. First time coming in uh, since today, I suppose, is Nick. Nick, how you doing, buddy? Uh, good. A little, uh, a tiny bit hungover. But, yes, uh... I... There, if there's one thing you two have in common is uh, I noticed that both of you had a good time last night. Good uh, times. Very good time. Yeah. Very good times. And of course, uh, the other person that I was speaking of right there is Cam. Cam, welcome back to the uh, the land of the sober. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say actually not hungover because I don't drink, but hungover on video games. So there's that. Oh, that is true. I just realized that you said you went to a barcade. But... Video games, of course. Why, what else, why else would you go? That'd be ridiculous. True. I forgot that you don't drink. My bad. <laughs> Uh, I also to drink, uh, just because I really enjoy having at least a sip without becoming too much of an alcoholic, but, you know, if it happens, it happens. So, anyways, let's get into it. Nick, well, how has your week been going, buddy? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I'm officially done with uh, school for the semester. So nice, I'm congrats, off. dude. Thank you. I'm off for uh, two and a half weeks left now, um, so I've been doing nothing. <laughs> nice. That's enjoyed, the best kind of thing to do. Sitting at home, being lazy, procrastinating all like household chores. The, that's the best thing you should be doing, man. <laughs> You're free now for at least two and a half weeks until a responsibility yeah. bites you in the butt and then you immediately regret it. But who cares? You, you got like, cares, but my parents don't live here. I can do whatever yeah. I want. I can go out and buy a whole cake and have that for breakfast, lunch and dinner if I wanted. <laughs> That's exactly. a problem for future Nick, not for present Nick. Exactly. Exactly. I just uh, came back from a birthday party for my niece and nephew. And uh, fun fact, uh, actually, I got two fun facts. The first one is I'm lactose intolerant. And uh, second fun fact is I ate a lot of ice cream today. <laughs> and so, uh, so you're not going to have a good time later on. I'm going to say uh, past me about an hour ago says, you know, no craps given. Uh, present to the next half hour of me it's like I'm going to regret this because I'm going to turn into the uh, that blueberry creature uh, lady person from uh, Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bloat up into a balloon like I got a power balloon bubble from Super Mario World good lord I know pullbacks Cam you said you went to a barcade tell me about it man yeah, so uh, that's really the only major thing I did this week besides the usual playing video games and stuff. And uh, my opinion on barcades is funny, right? Because, you know, I don't drink. Uh, I'm not big on the bar crowd, but I like video games a lot. So I'm usually like, oh, you know, barcades. It's mostly for people who don't actually play video games and they're just trying to hook up with people. So it's not my scene at all. <laughs> I but, do play Mario Brothers. Right, too. right. But this one, it was great. It was like 90% video games, 10% bar, and everybody just basically screwed off and played video games. Like they didn't, didn't they were not interacting. They were not mingling. They're just like play video games. Uh, there were about, I think, 80 plus arcade cabinets there. It was enormous. It was absolutely wild. Yeah. Uh, so they had pretty much every famous arcade like cabinet that they could have. You know, they had Street Fighter Third Strike, they had the X-Men arcade game, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. 
they'd even older ones like outrun with a fully working like see nice. the move back and forth and nice. a bunch of maimed emulated stuff as well so you know i beat a few games and uh, it was a fun night we were there until like 2 or 3 a.m it sounds like you went to a super arcade with a liquor license not even exactly a at this point right that's what i'm feeling so it's great it was a ten dollar entry fee mind you so get this right ten dollar entry fee and it's free play so for ten dollars you just go it's we're doing it like every weekend from now on it's great that you have to it's like yeah that that's religion level stuff like if you got the holy ground why wouldn't you attend exactly you gotta, pay, you gotta press up the pay respects man yep, yep i need to find a barcade i never played arcade games oh yeah that'll be a good one going up so oh man you're missing out oh geez yes we are casual master quest number 15 where some podcasts give you want to or, or sorry let me try that again where some podcasts give you what you want but this is the podcast that gives you what you need. It's true. It's true. Mm. We know better. It's true. We know better. Like we trim the fat off. We uh, we know what the medical dosage is. We won't OD you. But you know, if you, if you push uh, the syringe just a little extra, that that's on you. Well, we know what you need. Anyways, we are going to go into the video game section. But as always, we're going to give ourselves the proverbial Pokemon Go minute, where we're going to be talking about our life and weekly experiences of Pokemon Go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start off not with Nix's time. It is now Cam. Cam, what is your Pokemon Go week like? So Regirock's out. So I went and did that. And funny enough, so actually, I think up through Kyogre, I'd been catching them on the first raid that I got to pretty much consistently. And uh, it was great. You know, jealous, I was just getting a bunch. So jealous. Well, I got the technique down. But so I run into the first Regirock. It's about 11 of us. And it does not get 13 balls because I had a guy in the gym and we had gym control. 13 balls. Five of them were excellent throws, golden raspberries. The rest were all great throws. Did not miss a ball. Did not get in. And so I had to run around, basically. And it was funny. You were talking about the fact that, like, the gap between us. And he's like, did you just extend the gap? And I'm like, hey, it's Regirock's fault, not mine. For those who don't know, uh, I have a weird uh, idea that I want to catch up to Cam. Catching up Cam experience-wise is apparently my only goal in Pokemon Go at this point. However, uh, it was originally a 1.8 million uh, experience gap. However, I recently dropped it down to like, I think 1.5 or something like that with a you know, super crazy amount of playing. But as Cam suggested, he might have uh, made it bigger again. Yeah, so I got him eventually, but I had to go to a couple raids to do it. So I was pretty oh, much no. like, well, yeah, I'm so busy, man, to go out with those raids. It's like I was basically out for a run and another raid popped up. And so I ran longer and then walked over to it. And I was just gross, like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> That's all I did, really. All right, fair enough. Nick, anything on your end? Um, no, not particularly. I stopped playing halfway through the week because I stopped leaving the house. Um, lost all my streaks. So, yeah, no, that's... Yep, that's where you're at. Yeah, I, yeah that's where I'm at. <laughs> fair enough. You, you've fallen. You, you, need, uh, you need a rock to lean on so you can get back up and start again. The problem so is th- there's no, there aren't any Pokestops super close to my house. There's one that's about a seven-minute walk away. But that's the problem. It's a seven-minute walk away. Okay. Uh, sorry, I got thrown off for a second. Something weird just happened. Oh. But, uh, I just want to say on my end, I'm actually on a similar boat, Nick. I, I feel you. Yeah, we did not actually get to talk about the uh, community event that happened last weekend because we started right before it. I'm not sure what you guys did for uh, the EVs, but... Uh, oh, right. I forgot about the EVs. Go and talk about the EVs. Your your favorite Pokemon, the brown Pikachu. Um... I, I don't know how much I, how many EVs I caught, but I'm I think I got close to 400 candies, and that's only with an hour of playing each day. Nice. Uh, but mind you, I believe Tyler, you have the uh, the Pokemon Go Plus, 
So yes. all you have to do is like just hit the button, mm-hmm. right? So I have to actually catch every single one of them. Oh, uh, are you trying to shame me for uh, the use of licensed material? No, um, I use my Apple Watch to get the Pokemon Go app on it so that I can put my phone away and walk around to get my eggs to hatch. Mm. So um, I'm in a similar position. It's just that I don't have to push a button to catch any Pokemon. Oh, cool. Fancy you. Fancy you. Uh, just to back her up a little bit, Cam, did you catch uh, a bunch of EVs or was that uh, an iffy weekend for you? It's usually an iffy weekend for me just between busy work and stuff like that. So I caught a few, you know what I mean? If I open up the app in my house, there's generally like three every time. So mm-hmm. I caught, I think maybe 20 or 30 or something. And I went out just for like a walk around them as well. So nothing spectacular, but I still got a decent amount. So it sounds like I was the extremist that between the three of us. And uh, it was so bad that I actually have not touched the game since uh, Sunday evening. Oh, wow. Like I have not even wanted to open. Actually, I... No, I didn't touch it since uh, Monday. So Did you get 1,500 candies or something? Uh, it's somewhere up there. <laughs> uh, so I think I had about one to 200 uh, candies when I started. Because uh, okay. you know, I, I didn't really want to evolve them because <sighs> despite you know the misconception that they're actually very, very useful, I tell myself that I don't ever want to evolve them for any reason. So I just you know, let it collect up. When the day was done, Sunday evening, I had about 2,400 EV candies. 2,400 freaking EV candies. Now, 2,000 of them was strictly uh, burning through the entire collection of Panat Berries. And uh, as uh, Nick would like to point out, that I could use my Pokemon Go Plus to use the Pokeballs, but... I would spend a absurd amount of time, especially on Sunday, because uh, Saturday it was just me. That's when I used all my Pokeballs. But Sunday specifically, uh, the wife and her friend, we all drove around. So I got to sit in the passenger seat, and that's when I used all my Great Balls and Fnap Berries. Right. And then uh, there was a special that lasted up until, I think, I think it might have been the Saturday, actually, yesterday, uh, for you know those recording this uh, last Saturday where uh, trading uh, Pokemon could earn you uh, a minimum four candies up to six, depending on the distance between traded. So what we end up doing is uh, after uh, Sunday, where me and my friend and uh, my wife all caught a bunch of EVs, we started trading each other EVs, because instead of transferring it for one candy, we could transfer it and keep the EV to evolve and then get four candies. And so uh, I learned that day that you can only trade a hundred (laughs) times, but uh, I got... uh, Four at the very least 400 uh yeah so i went to 2400 and then i was like honey tomorrow we got a cup we got at least another 100 or 200 more evs let's keep doing this and then monday came along and went out of state some things happened with my wife and her choice of video games and by the time i came back i realized that i didn't want to trade 100 evs <laughs> i was burnt out from pokemon go that was the hardest i pushed myself like i wanted to see big numbers and i did it but it was like it turned into a Green Day song. You know, as I walked down these empty streets, down the boulevard of EV treats, uh, I <laughs> seriously had no idea why I did this. And I, you know, I had an existentialist crisis. It's like, is there really a point to get all these EVs? And it's like, for the experience, Tyler. And it's like, what's the point? I, like, seriously, it got bad. I had a <laughs> existential evilism crisis, I guess. I don't know what you <laughs> want to call it, but... I haven't touched it since. I will get back into it. I want to look at it. I want to burn a couple of lucky eggs, get rid of, because I got, I mean, technically speaking, I would have at least, what, 400 EVs if uh, I got 2,000, or sorry, 
Oh no, I used a bunch of Panap berries, berries, so I got like at least two, three hundred uh, EVs I need to get rid of. They're they're clogging my phone down. It's it's disgusting, dude. Jeez. I don't well, want to Well, the next community is uh, Chikorita, I believe. I don't know yes. exactly what, when, but... Take it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting kind of cringy because it feels like they're starting to go the wrong direction because I'm trying to think of how to, how to explain that. I think my favorite one so far was probably Larvitar because Larvitar meant you could get some cool Tyranitars and it felt yeah. kind of cheap. But at the same time, you could get a Tyranitar anytime you wanted to with a level four rate if you played your cards right. But it was fine with me because it was cool. And then, you know, the starter Pokemon was, it was okay. You know, you got the cool moment with the uh, Squirtle with the shiny, and then you got the uh, Squirtle squad glasses on some of them. And all of a sudden, they started dropping the ball. I was like, Eevee, really? I was like, okay. Well, it's it's probably more of a hype thing for uh, uh, Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu. Have we gotten a Pikachu uh, released yet? Not recently. I I, I not have a Pikachu community day. We had something Pikachu recently. I feel uh, like yeah. they show Pikachu with the the sunflower yeah, yeah. and stuff. But... Oh yeah, they did the, the the hat Pikachu, and I believe he was a lot more. Uh, yeah, hat was Pikachu increased. was um, uh, increased on rates. Yeah. Yes, and that was a freaking nightmare because let's be real, having a Pokemon that you could catch as many times as you wanted to, but didn't give any bonus besides aesthetic appearances, and you can't mass trade them off, or sorry, mass uh, transfer. Yeah, you have to do them one by one. Yeah, that was annoying. That was tedious because I like I had a hundred of them over like the course of three yeah. weeks, and it's like, do you really want to trade it? Yes, please, for the love of God. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. It asked you twice to confirm if you yeah. want to get rid of the. It was like, send it to the salt mines. I don't need it. <laughs> um, well, uh, so moving on. Yes, please. Let's move on. That was <laughs> uh, time is going to go back to uh, normal flow again. That was the Pokemon Go minute. Let's actually talk about legitimate good games that we're playing with uh, some asterisks, uh, maybe on my end over here. Let's start over with Cam. Cam, tell me about all the good stuff. What have you been playing, buddy? All right. So what have I been playing? I know I wrote something down there that I totally forgot about in terms of the first thing I wrote down. But the one thing I've been playing that's actually relatively new has been RuneScape Mobile because old school RuneScape, like totally by accident, I ran across the fact the Android beta was out. And I guess I missed that news because I was just checking up on it on the Google Play Store. I was like, is this coming out anytime soon? And it was like, install now. And I was like, (gasps) and so you can get a RuneScape membership through Twitch Prime and you have to have a membership to be able to play this version of the game, right? So I just linked the accounts basically, and now I have it on my phone. So I've been playing old school RuneScape on my phone. Uh, The only thing I would say is like for one, because it's a point and click game, it does lend itself well to mobile controls. That being said, there's so much going on on screen sometimes with all your menus that you need to make sure you have like really precise or small fingers to be able to click things correctly every time. Oh, yeah. Could get a little tough in combat. It uses long press for basically right click for selecting what you want to do with something. Uh, inventory management's the real problem because I haven't found a way yet to be able to like move your items to a different slot in your inventory. So you can't drag and drop, for example. So there's there's some eh, with it, but you know it's still definitely the full RuneScape experience. It loads up incredibly fast. I haven't had any connection issues. It doesn't I take mean, much data. Let's, so. let's not get too crazy. You know, the full RuneScape experience would be the uh, the better known title, RuneScape Three, of course. Better known. Ooh, that's a hot take. I don't yes, know about that. I don't think so. It's okay. Uh, it, it's obviously an opinion versus something that we can you know dispute <laughs> on. Cam, yeah. don't worry. I, I recognize that as a strong opinion. <laughs> But that's awesome, though, the idea, because I once I heard about this back, I would say sometime earlier last year, 
that I was like, Ooh, that'd be cool. But then once I, you know, as you pointed out, this is old school only. This isn't the new version, which let's be real. Half the phones out there probably could par- barely play the old school version, let alone RuneScape 3 on the phone. But then again, we got people playing, you know, Fortnite on their phones. So take yeah, that. Yeah, phones will. are way more powerful than a lot of us give credit for, I think. Like they can generally, up to these days, modern phones can emulate GameCube. So it's like, woo. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Power's pretty impressive. Yeah. I was going to say, if so, we can emulate a GameCube, we can emulate old school RuneScape. Oh, yeah. It's like, just the interesting in. thing is with old school RuneScape, they have a poll system. So the idea is to kind of give a screen cap basically of RuneScape circa 2007. And so what they do is for any updates that came after that, they actually introduced a poll system where everybody who has a member level total of over 300 gets to vote on if they want new updates in the game. So they'll go like update by update like a ballot and say, okay, do we want blank? No, no, we don't because that's not old school RuneScape. Or yes, yes, we do because that was just a good quality of life update. So it's interesting because after the split eventually they pulled old school runescape back but they actually continued giving it separate updates to old school while runescape 3 got its own updates so there's dungeons that you know came along in like 2008 2009 2013 that you know you would never have seen before even if you did play old school runescape but they, yeah they keep updating it even if i mean it's not that hard i'd like to think the polygon yeah. would be like the, let's be honest the artists probably get an easier job handling old school runescape and yeah, the two big things that old school RuneScape, I know, like the differences I would say between old school and RuneScape 3, I don't know if 3 has introduced these things, reintroduced them, but old school RuneScape, I don't think doesn't have the grand exchange uh, because I was right around the time that was introduced. And it also has the wilderness in its natural state. It was the original state, which are the two big contention points, I think, uh, between versions of the game. Grand Exchange was introduced to old school RuneScape yeah. before RuneScape 3 happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Like you said, they could have easily not kept it. When I was playing old school RuneScape, uh, like during the time I had RuneScape 3, I realized I had a separate account I could play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was there. And I'm assuming the phone version would uh, keep that tradition. So I'd like to think it does have uh, GE in it. Yeah, I'll check because the idea might have been like, I I don't remember if it does or not, but that was like right on the border of where old school stops being the old school RuneScape that people want, basically, is the Grand Exchange, because that's a big contentious point. Oh, yeah, that that changed the economy entirely Mm -hmm. because everything was fixed at a point versus having to sit with uh, 300 other people on this one, you know, 10 square area in Eric going, you know, selling Sammy armor, trimming armor over here. It's like uh, somebody got a rune kite, uh, you know, glow two semicolon. Yeah. Buying GF. Buying uh, GF. Yep, <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, I'm playing that. Uh, other than that, basically at the barcade, it, because everything was free play, I could pretty much work through games and just be like, hey, I mean, if nobody's on this cabinet for the next couple hours, I'll be like, yeah, let's beat it. So I beat House of the Dead. I beat a, I think it was Raiden Fighters or Raiden Striker or something like that, which was a Raiden game. And it's a shmup, basically, and it was awesome. Other than that, let's see, there was Operation Ghost, which really threw me for a loop because it's a Sega shooter. And my friends and I have always talked about this game called Ghost Squad, which was ported to the Wii, and it was an arcade game. And it was an older light gun shooter. And we were always impressed. Ghost Recon Squad or something. Well, this is just Ghost Squad. I don't think it was a Ghost Recon. Yeah, I don't think it was a Ghost Recon title, but we're always thinking the Tom Clancy game. Never mind. But yeah, Ghost Squad. That sounds familiar. Yep, yep. yep. I was impressed by the physics in, and all of our friends were because even to that point in time, like this was low poly count. We're probably talking border two thousand when it came out, but things worked like in terms of physics. You'd shoot somebody in the arm, and their arm would fly back, and they'd crumple in certain ways. So we're always impressed by it. And just walking around, we saw this arcade cabinet called Operation Ghost, and I like squinted at it, and it said Sega on it, and I was like 
no way. So like I ran and grabbed my friend Sam and I'm like, dude, I, I think it's a sequel. And so we got some play on that. I'd say the funniest thing that happened, which I'm a big fan of, is you know me and I really like video games over everything else. So we get to the barcade, right? And of course, the idea is like, as I said before, barcades, you know, somewhat for hooking up, somewhat for playing games. So Sam and I get, get in and immediately, like upon entering, go and try and find the Street Fighter uh, Third Strike cabinet, which is really funny because we were like pushing girls out of the way, like, get out of the way. We need to find Third Strike. Like, it's super important. So it was a great away, time. normies. Yeah, <laughs> it was a great time. Oh, geez. Uh, anything else on your end? or uh, I wrote something down at the beginning there, and I can't remember what it was on the sheet. No, it was Conquer Ultimate Generation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, there we go. I was going to say, I played the demo for the Switch port, or I should say the localization, which is right. Monster Hunter X in Japan, XX, and it's Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate here. It's a lot different from Monster Hunter World because World was a much more casualized, much more quality of life heavy game compared to this, much more modern. And this is like, okay, it's upscaled from the assets from the 3DS. And so it, this control scheme is a lot more complicated, but it's not unplayable if you started with World. It's definitely doable. You just need to like learn a little bit. The monster variety, the armor variety, and the weapon variety are much higher. And the monsters are way cooler compared to World just from that demo experience. There was one basically that was a jet dragon and he basically flew around like a fighter jet. And it was this really impressive thing they did with the design where it'd fly into the distance. And of course, you know, that's too far to render. You wouldn't render that or right. anything would, would like, right? So if something happens, it turns into like a lighting effect and he just flies around the map and you see him on the mini map. And then he just dive bombs like a like Oof. a moon basically coming in what and dive on you. That's and it was wild. You know, we were having a great time. So I played that little call. Yep. Do recommend. Definitely recommend. Fair enough. Uh, Nick, Nick, tell me what's going on your end, buddy. Um, Overwatch with some friends um, and then just some Destiny 2. There's a end of year one event um, that started August 7th. I want to say, okay. or, or August fourth, and it's going on for three weeks, so till the twenty eighth of August, um, and it's a bit of a bit of a grind. Um, I have three characters. You can have three characters in Destiny two, um, and I have one for each class, and I finish it on my main class, and I'm working for them on my uh, alternate classes, the other two uh, classes, and it's it's just a grind. <laughs> it's getting the better of me, but I'm I want to say halfway there. Don't worry, buddy. I'm starting to learn and remember the uh, the art of grinding. And uh, we'll be talking about that fairly soon. Um, but yeah, beyond that, nothing else. Like, I really want to get this done because uh, there are only certain rewards I can get within this time time frame uh, before the 20th of August. Um, so yeah, so as soon as I'm done with that, then I'll be able to try out other games. It's funny you should say that because uh, is this the thing where uh, you could uh, buy a t-shirt? Yes, yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's so I already have the code to buy a t-shirt, uh, so, to buy the t-shirt, but then there's another special reward you get for doing uh, like the full thing on all three characters. Yes, uh, actually, while streaming Zelda, one of my uh, my best friend, Nick, uh, sorry, Nick. Another uh, Nick. Yes, another Nick, yeah. uh, was telling me that he was doing this challenge, and uh, he showed me a link to this t-shirt. Uh, store price right now is $777,777. $777. So yep. almost $800,000 for a t-shirt. However, if you complete the challenges here for Destiny 2, it'll give you a discount code to put it at a majestic $25 or something. What the heck is that? Oh, it's my alarm letting me know that things are happening. I like I think Cam was looking around I was like, "What the heck is that?" And no, like, we didn't get it anywhere on I didn't hear it. Oh, I, like Amanda had come in for a second. I'm like, 
how dare you play music while I'm doing my podcast? <laughs> and I released my own phone saying, hey, uh, you know, what's going on here? Okay, so anyways, uh, it, there's a code that you get after complete these challenges. You'll drop it down to $25, so which is a little bit more reasonable. Uh, and, just a tiny bit more reasonable. And I don't know why he wanted to show me this. He's like, I'm going to order two shirts. Uh, well, actually, this is for $1.5 million. From, um, I think it was year two or year three. I think it was year three of Destiny Destiny 1. Where nice. I got the code. Yeah, so this is one. One nice, and it even has my uh, Xbox gamer tag. I was gonna say you can put your uh, your name on the the side of the back of the shirt, so it's customized. It's a eight hundred thousand dollars shirt that you you know you get for twenty five bucks. I your pride. I haven't tried, but I don't think they allow people to buy it outright without yeah, the yeah. discount code. Oh no. I mean, you have to do the challenges though, because it's going to crop from like the code is your name, and it's going to check your name to see if it, you know, if you did the challenges, and if you did, it'll knock down, you know, a couple of bucks. I actually think it's a really neat idea. I think, like, thinking more about that, I'm like, I'm kind of a fan of that, right? Complete a certain challenge, and you're the only one who has access, or the only ones who have access to that, just like fun aside T-shirt. And I think it's a cool idea. It's not super difficult either. It's just a little bit of a time investment, Um, so it's not like it's impossible to get. I'd like if it was more difficult. (laughs) Well, so uh, the year three. Sorry to cut you off again, (laughs) but year three of Destiny One. So this T-shirt was a lot harder to get because it was a lot more expensive. There Mm -hmm. was a more cumulative list of things to do over. The three years of destiny one we don't really have much to do with destiny two so they're like well let's just get you going through some of the other things get you a little bit more prepared get people playing again so that they're ready for uh, everything yeah nice i was just gonna say that it's uh super smart from a uh, financial point of view if they want to sell you a t-shirt it's like well you know you could put it on the store and say hey you know you get a custom made and put your name on it. and everybody's like okay cool and it's like oh 25 bucks is kind of a lot though it's like however and you know, like their glasses start shining. Yeah, if we yeah. make you, you can only get this if you pass our super moderately easy challenges. <laughs> You'll never be able to get this teacher ever again. Otherwise, it's almost eight hundred thousand dollars. Lol. And people are like, I can complete these easy challenges, and I'll get my name in that shirt, and I will hand you the twenty five dollars, and you will give me that honor, sir. And mm-hmm. it's like, and they're like, perfect. Yeah. I think I, I think I unlocked the code in two days. Nice. I kind of like it from also a sort of like if you were in public in like a barcade or something like that, like a flagging perspective where somebody can look at you if they know a lot about destiny and say, oh, not only does that person know destiny, they're at least this deep in. So that that's a cool way as well. Just it's, a, it's a calling sign. It's a call card. So I saw plenty of um, I've seen a couple of people here locally wearing this T-shirt. And I'm like, that guy plays destiny. That yeah, guy completed you know. 45 minutes. Yeah, brother. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> In 2016 <laughs> or 17, it's like okay, okay. It's like you, you, you fit your bro fist. I'm like, yeah, you did those challenges and gave him 25 bucks. You smart yeah. man. Okay, so uh, over on my end, I got two games I want to talk about very specifically. Uh, right. First one was I did defeat or beat uh, Wind Waker HD, streamed it live. That was a great game. Holy crap! And uh, some reason I had a uh, like a cheat sheet of information I wanted to point out over Wind Waker HD from last uh, week. Uh, Wind Waker HD introduced a new lighting system and made it 1080, which is a huge difference compared to the original one for the GameCube. When this game first came out, I actually did the, my first 100% completion of uh, a Zelda game on Wind Waker, mm-hmm. and playing that on a GameCube on a 50-inch TV that was about maybe five feet away from me, it was bad. It was actually horrible. Uh, like I used I used to play it on like a 22-inch uh, tube TV, and yep. that was uh, tolerable. But you know, doing that, it's like I had fun. But uh, 
couple of cool differences I appreciated over it. You can carry 500 rupees in the beginning instead of 200. And a uh, couple of little fun facts for you. The HD version sold 2.26 million copies versus the GameCube version's 4.6 million. So it didn't get half the amount of numbers that the GameCube version got. And uh, that means the amount of people, proportion of the uh, people who bought the game and people who bought the system. Uh, I would say for the uh, Wind Waker version of, on the GameCube, that's a 21% buy rate. Oh, uh, yeah, and the attach rate is, yeah. And the attach rate for the HD version to the Wii U, which, you know, is unfortunately with the 13 something million for Wii U, it was only 16.7%. Yeah. So it wasn't as popular, unfortunately. I would have thought it had been huge compared to the original version, but again, Wii U kind of screwed it over, unfortunately. Yeah, and sorry, you know, I didn't buy the HD collection, so it would have been around 25% if I did, considering the amount of Wii U owners there are. So. <laughs> How high an uh, attach rate do you think it would have been if it came out for the Switch, like right now? Oh, if it came out, hold on, if it came out for the Switch in the first year, the attach rate would probably be 50% or more. You really think yeah. so? Mm -hmm. It's funny because I think the first month of the Switch, the attach rate for Breath of the Wild was 106%. It was. It was over. Yeah. It was the point where people had bought the game but couldn't find a Switch at the you know a certain point. <laughs> so it was just dedication. Exactly. So I wrapped up that. I got Twilight Princess HD started. So now that I'm streaming uh, every Tuesday and Friday, uh, I got that going on. Right now I'm over towards the uh, third dungeon, which is the Lake Bed Temple. Not a personal favorite, but it's still a pretty good one, and it's a lot better than the water dungeon from Ocarina of Time, so at least I'm going to give that a shot. Uh, doing good on that one. People are actually interested in and uh, that's mostly what I've been playing this Mostly. Week. Mostly. Tyler, mostly. Tyler. Uh, there was a, there was Tell us your darkness. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I resubscribed to WoW again. Oof. You made I know, mistake, right? my friend. Okay. Can I get an F in chat, please? I want to I want to make an argument here. In my defense, it's going to crumble real quickly. Go ahead and shoot it down as a C-Fit. It started with, I went to pick up a bunch of chlorine from my job, and the person I see there, uh, I work as a truck driver that I, you know, I haul pool chemicals and whatnot, and I was picking up chlorine to bring back to my company. Mm -hmm. I see the same guy over and over and over again. His name's Scott. Scott likes to play World of Warcraft all the time. Oh, no. Scott is a cool guy, and so when he he's the one that keeps me updated about World of Warcraft, even when I'm not playing. Scott was also the person that reminded me every single time I visited him over the past six weeks that Breath or sorry, Battle, Battle for Azeroth was coming. <laughs> Scott was telling me about all these cool races I would be able to be able you know play. Scott was the one who taught me all the cool stuff I would you know ever want to consider. Tyler decided to pitch this idea to his wife. Because his wife and him also played World of Warcraft together at a certain point. It was just me for a while. It led to a disaster, which led to me actually being kicked out of a college bad. Mm -hmm. So my feelings towards World of Warcraft is it's an addiction that I've conquered. But every once in a while, I like to shoot up every now and then. But then I immediately regret it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so... Uh, being a recovered addict, uh, you know, I, I look at Amanda. I was like, "Do you want to play Battle for Azeroth for a little bit for for science, of course?" And she's like, "No, are you crazy? You know, if we play that game, we're gonna get addicted, and that's the only thing we'll ever play again sensible, for the next sensible answer." And I was like, "You're right. We shouldn't play this." And so that was last Sunday, Monday, the day the day the game comes out at 6 p.m. I go out of state for my usual trip. I get a text message saying, "Tyler." 
I did something wrong. <laughs> and she sends me, a, I think, a, a picture of her installing World of Warcraft. I'm like, couldn't you just cheat it on a guy or something? It's like, this is, <laughs> no, we agreed on this. She's like, I already bought my subscription. It's too late. I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe you. Have you installed it on my computer yet, at least? And, and then I came home, I installed it, and I've been playing a little bit of World of Warcraft. And funnily enough, I've been playing a lot by myself because she didn't actually buy the expansion. I did. And so I've been like, she's been, she's playing, like starting a new character from level one. She wants to do quests. And she, she's like dancing around like an elf in the forest and whatnot. And I'm sitting there like for the Alliance, I got to kill this expansion and show them I'm the number one tank again, even though I'm playing DPS and it's bad, man. It's bad. Ask me anything you want to know about Breath of the uh, not Breath of the Wild, uh, kind Battle of, for Azeroth. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay, but uh, the only thing, just to clarify for listeners, as it stands now, all you have to do is buy the uh, pay for the subscription and pay for Battle of Azeroth, and you can play everything. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. And if you don't even want to play that yet, and you want to catch up, just to fifteen bucks, and you'll get everything up until level one ten, with which includes Legion. And Legion is still a big thing right now because people are still transferring because, and this is going to be the one time I'm going to gripe about this game. There's many, but I just want to really, really reiterate this one. Uh, sometime in January, they announced that there's new allied races, which means new uh, different races that you get to play with uh, for both Horde and Alliance side. And however, they also made a strong point that there's only one way that you can unlock these characters, which is the first time they've ever done this. Like when uh, the Burning Crusades came out, they introduced the Draene and uh, the Blood Elves, I believe, for uh, the Horde side. And then the, they did things like introduce the Death Knight and Wrath of the Lich King and whatnot, then introduced stuff like the Monk, the uh, the Worgen and whatnot. However, they're introducing three with the optional fourth later on new races. However you need to get what is called exalted reputation with a certain faction in the legion region and uh that means uh you gotta do world quest and daily events almost destiny 2 style every single day with uh, weekly bonuses and whatnot to get this exalted reputation the average amount of time yeah, I'm seeing. A, okay, uh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, the amount of time that you take uh, to get to Exalted is approximately six to eight weeks. And so I realized, you know, I was like, I want to play at Void Health. And it's like, oh, no, you actually got to play, uh, you know, the previous expansion for six to eight weeks before you can do something like that. <laughs> and so upsetting. So, so upsetting. I'm hoping they fix or patch that. It's not a fix because they intended it. And they uh, they made a strong point to where it's like, we warned you six months in advance. What else can we do for you? And it's like, well, I wasn't playing six months ago. You got to, you know, throw me some slack here. It's like, no, no, but that's your fault, Tyler. Yeah, it's my fault for not, you know, playing through the rest of the dead part of the expansion <laughs> that no one else you know, wanted to play because they had no content. But I guess it's my fault. So. Yes. Anyways, I'll probably give you the uh, the Destiny 2 equivalent of World of Warcraft uh, catch up every single week. <laughs> However, uh, I just want to hit you with a big spot of it, and I'll let you know. Currently level 113 on the uh, Human Paladin right now, so doing a good chunk of the area. It's very good. And there was a weird section where it felt like Assassin's Creed Syndicate, where I was fighting a corporate greed Great Britain style thing with people with bowler hats saying, you know, what's all this done? And it's like, okay. I remember that. Yeah. All right. 
All right. Was that it for uh, us talking about the video games that we played? Good for I, me. I, I believe so. Yeah. I, okay. Okay. We got approximately 24 and a half minutes for nothing in particular. However, we do have a special section coming up very, very soon. Oof. Oof, indeed. Cam, why don't you take it away? Go ahead and tell us what's going on here. All right. So this is not just the Nick Switch initiative. This is midterms we got going on right now. So some people think, of course, oh, you know, you know Nick's been doing a great job, right? He gets the $20 every week. This time it's bumped up to $50, but we've made the test that much harder. So uh, using my knowledge of the video game industry, I've crafted a midterm exam for you, Nick, and it includes Game Boy, Game Boy Advanced, Nintendo Evil. DS, Nintendo 3DS, and Nintendo Switch. A question from each. And okay. uh, one thing I will promise you is that every question I put on here is something I knew ahead of time. So it's not going to be the most incredibly impossible thing ever, right? So it's not going to be stuff that couldn't have been researched and memorized. Uh, it is difficult, though. I made it intentionally difficult. I didn't make it unfair, I feel. So uh, it's interesting <laughs> because I feel like it's something that you would know by just, you know, something you'd want to say at the parties in college but it's something that I would never know so it's like <laughs> I'm really nervous like I'm going to help him without what? <laughs> I don't know the numbers for that yeah there's, it shouldn't be too bad I only actually included one set of numbers I think only only one okay cool mm -hmm. fantastic mm -hmm. I wanted to vary it a little bit so okay so these are officially this is the midterms for the next switch initiative this is the halfway point hopefully and uh I you can't see it this time around. I had it ready over for the uh, during the interview of Nick. Uh, I have a uh, link over there haunting the wine bottle and holding uh, two 20s and a 10 in the air like uh, the Master Sword. So hopefully we'll get a good taste of what's going to happen. Right now, Nick, of course, I want you to get this $50. So Absolutely, I, I, of, course. Of, of course you do. Yes, I made this with this in mind. However, I uh, th there might be some difficult questions in here. So I asked for it to. I mean, if we're all <laughs> saying, like, I asked for it to be a challenge. You, you said yeah. you wanted to make a challenge where there was a strong possibility that you could right. lose. Yeah. And if you do manage to do this one and feel like it wasn't challenging enough, I can always make it worse later. Okay, let's let's get through this let's first. Get through it. Okay, okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say always for the record that way I know exactly when to cue up the music. This is the midterms for the next switch initiative. All right, here we go. So, Tyler, you do have two opportunities to help Nick. Nick, you can call uh, that in. Let's be real here. It might actually be zero, depending on how hard you throw these <laughs> let's curves. Let's see what happens. I'll, just say, I'll right. do my best. Let's see what happens. So, um, they're you know they're mixed in terms of difficulty. So, let's start with Game Boy. So, this is going to be okay. the question for the original Game Boy. And that question is, what was the name of the advertising campaign which saw the release of the Game Boy in multiple colors, such as red, green, black, yellow, and white? Oh, you're screwed. Yeah, no, pass. <laughs> pass, not even assist. Okay. No, I have no idea. No, I'm taking the hit right now. Okay, okay. Oh, uh, really? You're going to do that? Are you sure? I mean, you, you can call me out, but I'm going to pull something out of my butt, too. It's like, yeah, oh, no, 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 I'd rather keep you in my pocket for something special. Okay. Uh, the answer was the Play It Loud campaign. The Play It Loud, <laughs> oh, and I knew it because they put out a Play It Loud edition. <laughs> okay, so next is the question for the Game Boy Advanced. Yep. Oh Some Pokemon TCG cards during the third generation had codes on the cards that could be scanned into the Game Boy Advance for mini games or Pokedex data using what Game Boy Advance peripheral? I do believe I know the answer to this. Okay, Tyler, help me out here. Uh, the, I don't know what the full term is. Uh, I believe it's called the uh, Game Boy Player or something like that. It was a well, if I'm understanding this correctly, it's uh for the Game Boy Advance. It's kind of like you swipe it and you got to play mini games on it by swiping these little card codes with uh, credit card like uh, strips. I believe it's called the Game Boy Player. Okay, and Nick, what is your answer? Uh, the Game Boy Player. 
All right, so that is incorrect. Uh, you were right in terms of function, Tyler. Tyler, that is how it works, but it's called the e-reader. E- <laughs> ah, e-reader. Ah. That makes sense. You know Dang what? It. That makes sense. All right. Oh man, I'm screwed. That's yeah, okay. well, this next no, one. I get the next three correct. This next one's the hardest one. Okay. So this is the Nintendo DS question. What bit processors does the Nintendo Oof. DS use? There's two of them. So the, what bit is each individual processor? Oof. I guess we're going to be cutting this section out of the podcast. <laughs> Can lightning hit your house twice? Uh, well, uh, so we're talking about the Nintendo DS. Yes. Um, and the Nintendo DS Lite. Sure. Yes. The whole DS family. Uh, so they use a certain to, to make it easier. I did say processor. So there are two yeah. processors in the Nintendo DS and they both are a certain bit. So if you think about you could actually probably reason this one out if you think about your generations and what two processors would make what the DS is and what what are those individual bits I'm asking could we get a, an example oh wow sure, my yeah. bit has like lit up like uh, for example the Game Boy Color yes what would you say the processor for that would be so the Game Boy it's Color an 8-bit processor. is around an 8-bit it's a little it's yeah. a little different NES is more 8-bit so the Game Boy Color has a, a little bit more stuff going on or even a little bit less I don't remember but it's around 8-bit so that that's a good comparison point uh, it's probably one of them would be a 16-bit processor. Okay. Uh, that's, that's where I would go for first. Um, and then I want to say the next I'll give one you one a- hit. I'm going to give you one hit. They're both the same. So I'm just asking you what the processor bit is for. There's two of them, and right. they're both the same. That's right. You haven't called me in, and I can't. Like, I, anything I say is not going to be with certainty anyways. It's it's it's. I feel like it's higher than a 16-bit, but it's not a 32-bit. So I want to say a 24-bit. Well, um, I just want to make the point out, uh, is there any other systems that you could compare to that would be 16-bit? And would they be comparable in the graphics processing? I'll let that slide as an odd assist. That's fine. Oh, I'm sorry. Come on, he's about to screw himself over, potentially. <laughs> I'm worried for the guy. Okay, I'm muting myself. Um, I'm going to take a chat. 16, 24. I'm going to say 24-bit. Okay, so you're saying there's going to be two 24-bit processors in the Nintendo DS as your final answer. What? Yes. Yes. Okay, okay. Uh, That is incorrect. It is two 32-bit processors. Oh, they went up to 32 bits? Well, think about it. If you think about it, for example, Nintendo DS was able to play Super Mario 64. 64-bit. My even that bad. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's okay. I wanted to ask two questions. You're not, you're not done yet. I have a bonus in case you didn't get it to this point. So oh. I, I did throw you a bone here. So, oh, gosh. Please um, let it be worth three points. <laughs> I will point. make it worth two points because it's actually fairly difficult. Uh, okay. Because it requires knowledge of other consoles that are non-Nintendo. Cue even more dramatic music than me, please. <laughs> oh, okay, so the Nintendo 3DS question. Coinciding yeah. with the release of Monster Hunter 3G, this peripheral added a second circle pad and an extra set of trigger buttons to the 3DS. Uh, this is not, just to clarify, this is not the new 3DS. There was specifically a peripheral release uh, that was in the US and Japan that added an extra circle pad to the original 3DS. And then my question is, what is that called? Um, so I remember reading something about this and I want to say it was called uh, the Rumble uh, expansion. I, I, Rumble something. I can't remember the full form, but I'm going to go with the Rumble. Okay, the Rumble. Is that your final answer? Yes. That's incorrect. It was the Circle Pad Pro. Circle Pad Pro. Then what was the Rumble for? I remember something 
Well, there's rumble. Okay, so cartridges on the Game Boy Color had rumble uh, as a feature that could be uh, integrated. Pokemon um, rumble pack. You might be thinking of the in the Nintendo 64. There was a rumble pack addition. Rumble pack allowed rumble. Okay. There was something else yep. with the handhelds that I remember reading about. But uh, Circle Pad Pro, and I knew that too. I remember oh, reading about that. That's yeah, rough. It's a shame. Yeah. Okay. Now the Nintendo Switch question. Okay. So we've, uh, I think we've actually talked about this one because this is recent mm -hmm. news. So uh, as of June 30th this year, what are the software sales numbers for the Switch? This is not hardware units sold, but the number of games sold for the Switch. And we're, if you're within the 10 million bracket that it's in, uh, you're good. So for example, uh, say you say uh, 21, if the answer is 29, I'm still going to count. So if it's in the, the, the tens like place. Uh, 30, I guess yeah. in this case. Okay. Pretty much, pretty much. Then you you basically get it. But and it can't said, be it can't be like six million away in a different uh tens I, place. If so. you say twenty nine and it's actually thirty five, you'd be no good. Yes. So Okay, I, that's I, I, an interesting you say uh game sales? I'm saying software sales numbers. Does that include the uh, anything that's on the uh the the shop then? Yes, yes. Okay. That I actually would have thought that would be very hard to keep track, but I suppose Nintendo could release that information. It's on the Wikipedia page and we also went over it slightly at one point. Okay. Whoops. Oh, I'm supposed to be here for the final question. Is this? Yeah, I mean, question? you you do have an assist here. You could wait to use it for the bonus question, but you're gonna need both of these to get the fifty dollars. Um, this isn't hard, Nick. Okay, I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in you all the way over here in King Kai's planet. I'm dead. <laughs> I've been slayed. I got murdered uh, by one of Cell's juniors at this point. Like I'm the Yamcha of this group right now. I feel completely useless. So I remember uh, going through the uh, uh, numbers of all the sales um, and I was actually, okay, it's just a little bit of a sidetrack. I was actually yep. really surprised to learn that the DS was the highest selling um, yeah. uh, console, like handheld of all time. Yep. Like Absolutely. 150 million units. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's insane. Um, so we're talking about software. I know the Switch. Uh, has I'll give you. Fastest. I'll give you. Yeah, I'll give you a hint here. Where basically, uh, this was in the last quarterly report from Nintendo, and the hardware on the hardware end, I believe we're at nineteen point seven million. Right. So hardware end nineteen point seven. What would the software be? And that was it. Was actually um, in the same list on the Wikipedia page. So now, does it actually show the number on the list, or did you have to start doing adding numbers up? No, it shows the number directly on the list. Okay. That. I mean, I can give you a random number of what I would think, Nick, but I don't want you to use it and then blame me for this one because I, I don't want... I do not have a solid answer for you because, as I said uh, previously, I did not check the Wikipedia because I thought that would give me an unfair advantage. I am immediately regretting that. <laughs> I am 100% regretting that. And I will... I'm going to become, like, the professor over this from now on because I... I'm humiliated over here at this point. This is ridiculous. Um, 22 million. Uh, it wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't be far off to assume at least double in terms of software because there are several different kinds of games as one would get on a Switch or in any, any kind of console. Um, I want to say around uh, 45. Okay, Ty is that Tyler? your final answer? No, 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 Tyler. Are you calling Tyler? How's just to like soundboard off? Uh, okay. I'll give you another hint for this one. So I'll give you another hint. One thing I will say is that if you guys have been, uh, you know, following the news we've been talking about and stuff, one thing that I think we've mentioned a few times is that people really like buying Switch games. Absolutely. Mm. A lot. They love it. 
people uh, uh i mean heck even okay. especially free games like free games on my, the Switch my, right original, now, my original guess was gonna be somewhere at like 85 million but i didn't feel like that was um feasible um <laughs> What's you know answer? what? Th that was what I first guessed because I did remember reading something about it, but I can't remember the exact number, so I'm gonna say 85 million. So technically, 80 to 89999. Right. 89, uh, that is correct. Ooh, oh, I think it was at specifically 83. I think oh, it was. So. Be still, my beating heart. <laughs> oh man! All right, now all you have to do is get the bonus, and you still have this. Okay, uh, man, no. I'm, I'm glad. Like I, you said, 45. I'm like trying to bape upwards, like. I realized. I realized. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so this is the bonus question. This is for two points, so you yeah. can still pass. Uh, and you don't have an assist on this one. And one thing Ooh. I do want you to keep what? in mind. I didn't assist them that time. Oh, well, no, okay. it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Uh, no, I'll let you. That's fine. I'll let you assist on this one. Uh, the one thing I will say is you're going to need to think very carefully because this doesn't just involve Nintendo consoles. This involves other consoles as well. But it's okay. a question regarding the Switch. And uh, that question is, what I'm going to need you to do for me right now is name six games exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. So games that are not on any other console in any way. And that includes PC. I do understand why uh, you don't want me to help him now, because I feel like that I could potentially easily do that if I really wanted to. But here's the problem. If you do get one wrong and it does happen to have a port somewhere on something else, you will blow the question. Mm. Right. Okay. It, so, um, can I shoot a counter question? Sure. Is there more than seven exclusive Switch games? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay so, how many am I naming again? Six. 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 Okay. Um, Oops, sorry. Start off with a fairly simple one that I'm very positive about: Breath of the Wild. Okay. And Tyler can help you if he wants to. Okay. Um, then I would like to say, Nick, Ron, that was a terrible choice. <laughs> that was a trick question. Breath of the Wild also came out for the Wii. The Wii U. Yeah. What are you doing here? You, you almost shot yourself in the foot. That's why I have to be okay, careful. Well, okay, wait, wait. Are we are we also going to talk about like are we talking about games that have already been released? No. Um, so yes, games that are already released. No upcoming games. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, it's good that I clarified that. Um, <laughs> I am, I'm going to let him pick his own answers before I start, you know, yeah, trying to yeah, spit yeah. on anything because uh, you know, otherwise it'd be me doing the quiz. And I was like, that's not fair. I already did terrible. Um, is is Mario Aces Tennis? Uh, Mario Tennis Aces. Yeah, Mario Tennis Aces. Uh, technically, that would be exclusive to the Switch because uh, the previous version was called uh, Mario Tennis something else. That was not Aces. Okay. Um, That's one right there if you want to mark okay. it down. Yeah, if, no, if, if, down. Or write it down if it's right or wrong. It, it can't be Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I know that. Um, I mean, it, technically, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe never came out for the Wii U. I'm just pointing it out there, but I feel like Cam would red flag that one there. Mm. It'd be like HD games and remakes of games. Uh, sure, it's like, technically it, the same game on a different console. If he console, says Skyrim right? Hyrule Edition or whatever, <laughs> can he get away with that? It's like, um, I, I would say well, no. Here's the thing. So, yeah, I would say, well, on one hand, I want to make it easy and say, sure, but the thing is, if he said Skyrim, the edition that's on Switch is Definitive Edition, which is also on other consoles yeah, so okay. even though it has unique dlc that wouldn't be considered a separate game um no i think this i think this should be difficult so i'm not gonna yeah, include that, that yeah i no, agree i agree um splatoon 2 is that exclusive to the switch that is ex exclusive to the switch yes um arms arms is in fact exclusive to the switch regrettably <laughs> um i can't really think of many else um 
I mean, for the most part, if you, you think him, about, I, I want. I mean, he knows a lot of games that came out. It's just, you want me to start pitching uh, hot ideas, maybe, or um, Octopath, Octopath Traveler. Uh, let's see. I do not believe uh, it came out recently, and it came out recently, so it can't say, be on any. It can't be a Steam platform, so I'm gonna say no, that's almost a super safe bet that it came out for the Switch. Yeah, exclusively. Uh, so, so we'll do that, and then two more. Um, mm-hmm. See, it's, it's 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 questions where I'm put on a spot like this, and I'm like, oh, I forgot every single game that I, we've ever talked about in the last few months. <laughs> um, well, you talked about Breath of the Wild, even though that did have a Wii U version. There was a second game that came out on the first year that was one of the biggest hits for the Switch. That was exclusive to it. Uh, there was Paper Mario, and not Paper Mario. Paper Mario Color Splash, in fact, came out for the Wii U, and that was an atrocious piece of crap. We still got about <laughs> seven minutes before I can call it something else. I'll agree with that one. <laughs> um, I, I know they did the Mario Odyssey remake. I don't know. I, I doubt that would count. I um, have not heard of the uh, remake version. Can you tell me when that's coming out? Because all I heard was uh, Mario Odyssey that came out for the Switch exclusively. Mario Odyssey that came yep. out for the Switch exclusively? Okay, that well. sounds like number five for me. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, I just assumed that Okay, never mind. You know, here's no, a person with very little Mario knowledge. So, um, I know Xenoblade's not uh, Switch exclusive. Uh, are we talking about Xenoblade? Xenoblade uh, Chronicles. Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Uh, you see, I, I don't touch uh, Xenoblade Chronicles out of principle because that's another time sink game that. Uh, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I do believe, came out recently. I, I would say back away from that one. Got to be careful because yeah, yeah, yeah. Cam will nick you for every syllable you get even remotely wrong. So if we say, you know, <laughs> it's like it's really Xenoblade Chronicles 2X or some crap. <laughs> just run. Stay away from that one for a second, please. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the last one, Tyler. Oh, man. Uh, it's like I can't see my Switch games over there, which is probably for the best. I'm trying to think. Uh, which, let's recap what we've gotten so far. Okay, uh, so I can, I can tell you what I wrote down, too. Yeah, so we so far have Mario Tennis Aces, Splatoon 2, ARMS, Octopath Traveler, and Mario Odyssey. Pretty good uh, solid line right there. That's yeah. five. It stinks because uh, it's actually showing how hard to uh, point out that uh, games that came out for the Switch you know, actually were meant for the Switch. That's part of the fun. <laughs> uh, I mean, I if you want to, I can hand feed you a, a, a good last one, maybe, instead of Xenoblade's Chronicles 2, which I'd rather not or use. Or X2 or X2X or XD, as Cam might correct his later. There was a, uh, a popular uh, compilation of uh, stuff that involved using real-life cardboard to create stuff recently that came out exclusively for the Switch. Are we uh, talking about Nintendo Labo? Uh, Labo Labo specifically, yes. Labo Labo. Which has not come out on any other console as far as I'm aware. I hope not, anyways. It, okay, another side, uh, sidebar. Is this Labo Labo actually out? Yeah, Labo Labo came out earlier this year. Oh, well, I had zero idea. So Labo Labo is a game? Yes, it is. Well, uh, there's different versions of the same game. Basically, it's like packs. You got the variety pack, and then you got other packs where you can make different things. But Labu Labu as a game or as a game series, if I can, will permit it, uh, is an exclusive game that came out for the Switch. Okay, so just to recap, if you're good with that, Nick. Okay. So just to recap, the six that you guys have chose are Mario Tennis Aces, Splatoon 2, ARMS, Octopath Traveler, Mario Odyssey, and Nintendo Labo. Yes. Could you, you repeat the last three just for me? Yep. Octopath Traveler, Mario Odyssey, and Nintendo Labo. 
I mean, I'm still arguing with Labo Labo Bokeh. I, I'm fine with whatever name you want to use, because I actually don't think the game cartridge is called Labo Labo. Well, Cam looked incredibly bored during this whole thing, so I feel like he was either... I think he was keeping track on the list. I was. He, he was doing hard searches on Wikipedia to see if there was anything else. He was like, <laughs> no, I know these. <laughs> okay. I was putting the, the, them down on the list because I wrote down everything you said. So, mm. Nick, I think we're just getting nervous over nothing. I, I, I think so, too. I'm going to lock in on my on, uh, Hollywood yeah. Square over here. Uh, th- th- those Final are all answer? my answers. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> You are correct. Thank, <laughs> thank, thank the good Lord. Also, thank, you, uh, Nehru, thank you for your roar. Thank Zeta you. Blue Chronicles 2 thank is an exclusive. Uh, is it an exclusive? Ganon, it oh. is an exclusive. Oh. Wait, what game? Zeta Zeta Blue Chronicles 2 is an exclusive. Well, honestly, uh, I wish it wasn't because at least then everybody can tell how crappy of a game that is. But no, it's fine. It's an okay <laughs> game, honestly. Just don't ever play a handheld mode unless you just want, you know, masochism. Anyways, I won't trash talk that anymore. So that's a 50%. That's a pass. I'm okay with that. You got by by the skin of your teeth. That's a yes. It's interesting, (laughs) but Cam, you were pretty much the the final boss that showed up in like the first 15 minutes of the game, and you faced him, and you just clobber him like, this is what level 78 material can do. And then, of course, the, he turns around the walk away, and then Cam, or sorry, Nick looks, and he sees a giant do not push button on his backside or something. He's like, <laughs> pushes the, he's like, oh, the game ends. I won. Like, yep. um, I appreciate the bonus, Cam. Like, uh, <laughs> that was that was a that was a tough one. I prepared the bonus ahead of time because I I was worried and I wanted to give the option if it was. And you were rightly worried because yeah. holy crap, that was bad. <laughs> and I'm yeah. glad also I got like um, at least a majority of those games on the uh, like uh, exclusive list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you did a decent job. Yeah. Uh, the hard part of that question was that making sure something wasn't a port. That was the fun part of the question. Right. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like I was And as soon as I said Breath of the Wild, I'm like, wait, no, that came out on the Wii. U. As soon as I said I'm like I was that was the one I was gonna hopefully I didn't I didn't think about uh, what's it called Tyler assisting. I was like that one's gonna get him. That one's gonna yeah. trick him. Yeah. Like Camp Amiga said Tyler, you can help him, you know that, right? I'm like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I was worried he was gonna say that. FYI, <laughs> I wanna do a correction, not for this, but from uh, last week. I warned people that they would start hearing jazz music. That is not in fact true. You're gonna hear a saxophone. However, it's not going to be jazz music. So for any jazz specialists out there, I'm very sorry. Oh, that's too bad. Anyways, we're going to be covering the news. Uh, I would say we got about a minute and a half before things start getting really interesting. Ooh. Let's talk about the first news topic for this week, which is uh, thank you, Kotaku, by the way, uh, for this article. It looks like uh, something about Steam TV. Uh, Cam, could you take this one away? Yeah, I can. Okay, so apparently Steam has been planning slash working on their own Twitch competitor as a streaming service. And the Dota 2 Internationals have been going on recently. And I guess they accidentally, via updating the system, actually had it go live for a little bit and it was streaming something you couldn't stream to it and you couldn't do anything like that but it was live for a little bit so people like oh wow that's a thing okay and uh, we saw what it looked like the fact that it has of course you know stream chat and that sort of thing but this is something that's coming and it is intending to be a twitch slash mixer competitor and i guess the conversation i have here is is this a good idea is this viable and the first thing that i would say is considering this is steam yes like this is actually something to definitely can do keep anything if they put yeah. enough money they i mean maybe not microsoft level but when it comes to video games valve has a lot of 
pushing power that mm-hmm. they haven't really shown off yet. Well, they have. That's the thing, right? Is they rather than having the money that Microsoft has, for example, to just like sell mix to everybody, what they have is the platform. It's like, hey, guess what, guys? You're already buying 90% of your games on Steam. So here you go. And considering that's going to be the most optimal way to stream a lot of games, if it works well, uh, just considering, you know, the getting a capture card and all of that, it's a great idea. It, it's honestly probably going to work pretty well. Welcome to the nightclub, where things might be a little bit not safe for work. If you got children around, you probably should enjoy this later. But don't worry, we'll be waiting for you. I actually think it's a fucking wonderful idea. Hey, hey, oh, uh, is <laughs> wonderful. No, but beyond beyond that, also, uh, it Val- Dota is a Valve game. Yeah, right. So the fact. That even if even if all they did was set up a streaming platform just to broadcast Dota and all the co- uh, competitions, all the tournaments, all the internationals, it would be enough to bring in like I would argue substantially more users over from uh, that are right now and yeah. currently on Mixer, mm-hmm. right? And, and so beat Twitch though. Well, I don't no, know about beating not Twitch, yet, but to take a good market share, probably because yeah, consider yeah. it this way: depending on how they integrate it, imagine if you went to the store page of a Steam game, and on the store page, of course, they have videos, they have screenshots, they have the trailer. What and if they have a section? streaming now? Yeah. What if they have a right. section there for streaming? That's gonna bring in so many people looking to see what the game is because it's better yeah. than a curated trailer, you have pure gameplay. Uh, that could be a game changer for Steam. Yeah. Really good, really good. Yeah, and in terms of Twitch, not a lot of people know this, but Twitch does have a desktop app. Mm-hmm. where you can download games, uh, buy games through the app, yep. launch it from the app, uh, video chat with your friends. It's like a mini Discord built in. Um, you can watch streams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Twitch is not going to be moved anytime soon until unless they like monumentally fuck up anytime yep. in the near future. And yep. they're very inconsistent. They have their own problems, but they're still, uh, you know, they're still a monopoly. They have a monopoly on the market. Pretty Mixer much. has uh, more users than viewers. Uh, there was uh, some numbers put out recently, and I can't remember what the exact numbers were. I think it's something like 40,000 uh, uh, Mixer streamers, mm-hmm. but only about 20,000 concurrent viewers. Ooh, that's a circle jerk right there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. If I have um, ever called one out. You get more than 20,000 people watching Fortnite at one time in Twitch. And um, and, and and they're doing, they're, Mixer's doing a lot of good things. The problem is just getting people over from Twitch. Right. It's a different environment. Even like, even I struggled with Mixer because uh, the community feels a little bit different. Uh, chat is a little bit different. It has its own merits, and I'm not trying to bash on Mixer or anybody that's brought Cast on Mixer, but it sounds like it does, Nick. There, but, yeah, but Twitch, Twitch it's is not up. a fight. Yeah, it's not a fight you can win in many cases. Once something no. gets established, so a good example being Fortnite. So once something like Fortnite or something like Twitch gets established, for that to go down, it requires them to make mistakes. A good example being YouTube. The only reason we're seeing a decline in YouTube right now, and YouTube still by and large the largest platform out there, but it's doing terrible things and doing terrible things for like a year, year and a half to all content creators and it's still the most popular platform. Mind you, we're talking yeah. about YouTube specifically from a gaming point of view. Every other, like yeah, most yeah, other yeah. avenues of YouTube is doing, uh, are doing right. well. Right, and so the idea is like once you're established, once you have that grip, that monopoly, it requires you messing up on an enormous margin to actually lose to the competition. I mean, there's a couple of small things you could do if you really wanted to fuck things up, but it wouldn't be more business decisions. It would be something that would appeal to emotion. Like, 
if they pick the wrong people, for example, to uh, maybe they want to showcase uh, for this uh, this moment here. Let's say, for example, you know, Steam.tv, they want to showcase, uh, I don't know, I, I, I could name names and whatnot, but suddenly they start dropping the N-word all suddenly. And it's oh, like, yeah, oh, gosh. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh. Yeah, so, so that's we, part we, of it. But Mixer is also affiliated with uh, one of the biggest companies in this world. Is uh, Does anybody know who that what that company is? Uh, just thinking about it, like it's, I got like small mm. microscopic chance. Microscopic. I mean, I, I could maybe pitch a softball. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Microsoft, like, there's no apparent advertising. Like, Microsoft has the capital to go out there and make deals, like Twitch has. Twitch mm-hmm. has got Amazon behind them, running and making deals with yeah. Fortnite, with yeah. all these other video game uh, developers, publishers, yeah. RuneScape, uh, Warframe. Yeah. Um, Microsoft has the potential. They're just not doing it. Again, same thing with, uh, I think we've argued with the Xbox. Yep. If Microsoft really wanted to, they then they could it. really start screwing over Sony. Oh, definitely. And I think too, on, on like when you see Mixer, like Mixer shield super hard in the gaming world, in like E3 and at the game awards, they'll always be like, check it out on Mixer. They'll have a whole Mixer section. You yeah. can't avoid seeing it when you're at the big conferences and things like that. Uh, but other than that, you're right. They don't really get out and around there because I think Amazon wholly dominates that space. Yeah with twitch but steam steam has the victory of the fact that like all these you know streaming services are trying to get into games but steam has like 90 percent market share plus maybe even in terms of games actually yep. on the internet and pc games so once you have that if you just add a streaming section you already probably take a significant chunk right there yeah so yep. um the other thing um you having said that that came to mind was um when I when I did my brief stint on Mixer, a lot of my friends complained, or not complained, but were a little bit whiny about having to make a new account <laughs> when they're yes. already set up on uh, Twitch. Exactly. But all of my friends have Steam accounts, mm-hmm. right? Everybody, any most PC gamers would be set up with a Steam account. Oh yeah. So the fact that just like oh, there's a new tab at the top that says Stream, and you can just go up there and you can see a list of everybody. I think I think uh, Steam TV would uh, give uh, Mixer a run for their money. Would give Facebook a run for their money. Well, maybe not so much Facebook. Facebook is a little bit of a different entity, but uh, it would eventually, if it works out well, uh, pose a threat to uh, Twitch. I mean, I think so. Like, if they if they really throw that stuff on the on the store pages or whatever, like where it's like, oh hey, you can look at gameplay videos, or here's the top streamers for this game right now. That's scary. Those are scary numbers. Ooh, that's some yeah. community level stuff that they could do too. Uh, I was gonna say, isn't or wasn't there a uh, way that you could actually share or stream uh, you playing a game to a friend through Steam? Because I thought that was a thing. Like invite to watch, I believe was something. Oh, that you something were able like to that. Do. I believe that they have a big picture, right? have a current they do uh, have a big picture which i believe was meant for like the tv if you yeah have to yeah the TV. i thought there was a function of big picture or something but i might be wrong i don't i don't do that i too much. do believe i watched somebody play something on steam through the mm-hmm. steam platform of uh you know screen sharing and yeah, yeah i mean if they had something like that already i guess it would be stupid easy just to say hey let's you know uh, just you know bigger servers and pretty much well, that's part of the question is the part of the question is going to be is uh, let's see how Steam actually because here's the thing make or break when they launch this thing, they better make sure they have the space in terms of like bandwidth in terms of server to actually run this successfully. If, if they, they do start it, off and the connection's horrible, boom, you're done. If they do it, do you think they're going to try to buy anybody over? Like they might try to snipe Ninja or something like that? Um, I don't know. I don't think they'll buy anybody. I don't think they want to put the money into that necessarily. But they might, people might just come over anyway. Like, that's part of it, right? It, it's very possible. It's one thing that Valve likes to do is uh, it, rather than try to generate their own talent, they just throw money and then yeah. just snag somebody. So, 
I, it is, I it is very possible that they yeah. could. Yeah, because Facebook did that and Mixer did that. Imagine, um, I mean, they did it for Dota too. Maybe not for getting talent, but they attract the talent. Well, no, so the biggest the thing they could do money. is um, with Dota, they could make all streaming of Dota exclusive to their platform. Yeah, because it's their te- because it's their game, their technology. So they could essentially make it illegal for you to stream Dota on like any other stream. Something like that. Yep. Yep. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. And if they uh, do that, then all the Dota streamers would have to move to uh, Steam.tv. Or yep. they would rebel, which yeah. you know they switch over to League of Legends or something like that. Oh. But then uh, they'd be putting Twitch at risk because Twitch would be like, "We don't want this trouble. We're mm. going to demonetize you. We're going to take away your partnership." Yep. I th- also, Dota people would never go to League of Legends. So if there's one thing I've learned about playing Dota, they would never. Yeah, they're two completely different games. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sure. also they generally, I think Dota two players generally are angry at League of Legends in yeah. most cases and dislike it. So it's like a that's a contentious point right there. I'm gonna say it's like uh, I mean, Ice Frog was a legendary nomad who took the brave steps from Dota two to create you know eventually what is known as League of Legends, and uh, you know, good on him. He made the the brave jump. Actually, I don't even know if that's true at all. No, it is from uh, Dota 1. So from the original Dota, Ice Frog, I believe, was the guy who made the jump and made League of Legends. Okay. And then afterwards, I believe Dota 2 eventually took on Mm -hmm. its own form officially and then had uh, a very fun hell of a time with uh, Blizzard trying to, like, Blizzard wasn't, like, going to do a full Nintendo on emulation level thing, but... Blizzard Activision's like, yo, what the fuck? You're, you're using our model still straight from the get-go. And Valve's <laughs> like, Ugh? Well, it's, it's like, also because like, it's like, what are you going to do? You made the game that's a spinoff of the Dota thing that we have. So it's like, what are you going to do? Double, uh, like double <laughs> spinoff Inception. Right, right. But they still, you know, they were still using the same models. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Blizzard was cool about it. Like, hey, we own, I believe it was like the rights to uh, the materials that or you know, selling gifts and stuff off of it. And then they had the rights to uh, use the model Zen game. So they had like physical material and then uh, Valve had the rights to uh, virtual material. Mm-hmm. And obviously that uh, started going out the window once uh, Valve officially made sure every single Dota 2 character was its own original design. Yeah. So they can, you know, like, for example, Skeleton King obviously <laughs> was a big thing from Diablo series and hit over to Dota 2, but they, you know, made them something a little bit different. Obviously, Skeleton King as a name is generic enough that they can get away with it. So that was that over there for Steam.tv or whatever the hell you want to call that. The next uh, and other topic over here on the list is the Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Nick, take it away. Um, so Activision announced that the uh, Spyro Reignited trilogy would be delayed to November 13th. From which is September, uh, September 21st, right? 20th, yes. Um, because it needed, uh, quote unquote, uh, more love and care. Mm. So um, I got two things here. I think uh, one thing, the first off, is the running joke basically is clearly the reason, the reason they delayed it was to make sure that Crash Bandicoot could be number one in the UK charts for a few more weeks because that's really what's important. Um, right. If you haven't been up on this this joke that's been going on recently is that Crash Bandicoot, for some reason, we don't know why, has been number one in the UK charts for the last seven weeks. And it this is just the Switch port, mind you, of Crash yeah. Bandicoot, not, not the full release. So that's the joke. Um, the reality of the situation is they did get a bit of backlash over the fact that um, with the Reignited Trilogy, just the first game was on discs and the others were download. When that's Ooh. very, very reasonable to put that all on disc, you can super easily do that. So I hope that what they're doing is putting them all on disc and taking that time to do that. That's my hope. Right. Um, in terms of anything else, people were a little like iffy about the new art style and some of the new models. I don't know what they're really going to change necessarily, but that would be my hope. That's my number one is that please just put it all on disc. 
yeah this uh close this close to like a fixed date mm-hmm. um like okay the, as of today as we're recording it's the 19th of august yeah uh, release was supposed to be 21st of september right we're a, a few days more uh, like one day more than a month away or two mm-hmm. days more than a month away mm-hmm. um you would imagine things would be ready. So the only reason they're delaying is unless they found a massive bug, which is rare in a game that's a single player game um, and not like potentially great game breaking or it's a manufacturing thing and they're putting it all on disc, right? Or they want to give uh, Crash Bandicoot more uh, space to breathe. Yeah, because um, we have to keep in mind we're in the I think we're actually in the period of time where early review copies had already gone out. So mm-hmm. people have been playing this, you know, people played this at conventions, people played this at various gatherings and that sort of thing. So in terms of a game breaking bug, it's like maybe something somebody found it, but the game has been working up to this point so far. Right. We didn't see any signs of everything's broken. So it's it's a little weird. Uh, and if it if it was a game breaking bug, I'm I'm glad. Like just assuming that yeah, it was, yeah. uh, because they're messing with people's emotions, right? Because it's a nostalgic thing. It's mm-hmm. it's a very powerful factor when it comes to remastering old games. You don't want it to be bad. You don't want it to be worse than it was. But you don't want it to be better than you remember it. You want it to be either exactly the same, <laughs> or just a little worse than you remember it, but not substantially <laughs> worse or not substantially better. I mean, I'm sure they'd be happy if it was better because then that just gets more sales. Would be. But yeah. yeah. It's just weird because uh, I could be mistaken here. I was totally under the idea that this game got greenlit already. So the idea that uh, you know got it got greenlit, so it's ready to go. It should be you know, every bug is shippable, technically, as they would call it. But suddenly we got some where it's gonna you know less or well, a little bit over a month away. Suddenly get that huge delay. It's just messing with me like crazy. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that is weird about it is because we're so close, I would have to assume, I mean, we're a month out, right? So production probably started and we're probably decently, if not done, or about to be done with the QA process. Like they've been through a few builds already, most likely. Anyone doing quality assurance on that? Uh, so it, it is bizarre this coming this late. Makes me think, as you said, either something crazy popped up or they realized that the backlash for not putting it on disc was significant, although it didn't seem to be so significant to delay it in this way. So something weird's going on here, but we'll we'll eventually see it in November. Maybe find out why later. Does so, um, Activision have any other big releases coming up in the next few months? Um, <laughs> um yeah. And you what should is it, Black Ops Four. Well, Activision Blizzard aren't they not the publisher of Destiny Two Forsaken? That's September, yeah, okay, right? Okay, but I'm I'm talking about Activision specifically. <laughs> okay. uh, I mean, I can say Activision. It's September fourth, by the way. They're oh yeah, working. I was gonna say somewhere in September. <laughs> They're working a lot on a, a little expansion that came out over for the World of War, uh, Warcraft franchise right now as well too. So you know, uh, I would say that yeah, they got some things in their hands that they probably need to focus on right now over Spiral Reignited. Uh, it's weird to delay like this though. They should definitely have more than like more than enough hands on deck. So I don't know if that inspires it, because the only thing that I think of is the fact that like it's the Crash Bandicoot joke, but that's just in the UK. So it's clearly a joke, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I have no, yeah, I, I need more info on this one. <laughs> Black Ops 4 is slated for October 12th release. Yeah, and those really shouldn't overlap. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm just trying to, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, work through it. Brainstorm if there's anything else, like anything big, really massive that they really need um, time for to like yeah. push Spyro back. I mean, even from a uh, development point of view, it's not like Activision. Oh, we only have a team of twenty for you know one yeah, game yeah. at a time. It's like no, <laughs> they got hundreds. So we have no idea what's going on. We'll find out soon enough. I'm pretty. They sure. actually, now yeah. that I'm thinking about it, they could have felt that rather than their own big releases, they could have felt it was too contentious a release period and wanted to move it later. But I mean, the whole holiday season's rough. I mean, there is a lot coming out in September, but there's going to be 
not as much, but still a lot coming out in November, I think, yeah. as well. Yeah. If not, actually, maybe even more. So, And then February next year is going to be a massacre. Don't touch February 22nd. <laughs> the week of the, don't, don't be there. Don't be alive during that week. That's don't be there. The week, actually. Come on, guys. Oh, man, you don't, you're in trouble. I hope you get ready. If you need a couple of games. I got some suggestions for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess that's it for news, unless yeah. you want to mention anything else. Uh, Super Light mentioned, uh, I believe the Switch is coming out with a, a couple of games packed in. Unfortunately, I totally forgot what they were. So it I was do one two switch and uh, Odyssey. Yeah. I thought, right? I think it's one two switch and Mario Tennis Aces. Oh, it might be tennis. Yep, yep, yep. Sorry. So yep. like the, the least popular games that didn't really sell. I mean, in fact, they probably should have tossed Arms as a preview <laughs> at this point. <laughs> right, right. I was waiting for you to say Splatoon two, but I was like, I'm fighting you. No, or, I'm sorry, I'm watching you. Slash fighting you. Okay. We were talking about games that people didn't buy, so <laughs> Splatoon two wouldn't be on that list. True. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's go on to the topic of the show then. Uh, I did not pitch this to you guys. I want to uh, know that this might be potential, some controversy, some controversial views. views. Plus, we also have to consider that uh, the topic of the show may have some Americanized concepts to it. So it might be different for our Canadian partner over here, Nick. Topic of the show being, should video games remain at $60 as a standard oh, price point? yeah, that's right. I, can, I read this. I can yeah. tell you from the get-go that it's actually $79.99 for us here in Canada. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I'm, so I've actually been having conversation about this with a lot of people recently. I've, lately, I found myself uh, mainly talking about Monster Hunter World, mm-hmm. right? And how you could only get it... Um, online at least for the pc uh through steam and it's 79.99 there canadian dollars um and that's honestly some kind of bullshit because as far as i remember and i could be wrong here the original 60 dollars 79 dollars was uh for packaging and shipping and all the materials that came with the physical copies think about the disc the package the cover art and shipping all of those you know large number of uh, units um so for digital copies I don't think it's justified unless it's a special edition or you're getting more, you're getting DLCs built in, or you're getting like an expansion pass thrown in together. I think $50 is more of a reasonable price. $50 yeah. Canadian. Heavily we echoed by Cam, yes. Yeah, we actually talked about that uh, relatively recently on podcast where what I was what I was actually miffed about was that exact thing, which is games, game companies are basically pulling the wool over your eyes about the fact that people are buying digital, at least in the US, more than physical nowadays. And they're the same price, but they're not paying for shelf space they're not paying for production they're not paying for cases so it's like nope they're just you know the server cost is not as much and yeah. the bandwidth is not as much as all of those things for every single game so uh they're getting away with some money there um i have other thoughts but i'll wait for you for you guys to finish up too sure i want to get the uh the straight no toe in the line all the i want the straight answer nick should 79.99 canadian dollars be the proper price point for a physical copy of a game right now uh I'll say yes, because ideally it depends on the game, the company, what kind of game it is. But let's say yes, like for physical copy, because of what you're getting, you're getting the actual physical thing. Sure. All right. Uh, Cam, do you think that a game should be ha- or should have a standard price point of $60 for a AAA published game? Uh, no, Physically. not necessarily. Oh, AAA published being the qualifier? Uh, well, I-, I say that and I know I didn't throw that Nick, but obviously... You should say no if uh, some indie game is going to go on disc and it's going to get tried to charge $60. I feel like that's an easy way to say no. That's bullcrap. Okay, so what I'll say... No, that's bullshit. So what I'll say is a couple stipulations. 60, yes, 
but not ever anymore. It should include more of the DLC and a lot of releases should be priced below it as well. So we should see many more like we are this generation, more $40, more $30, more $20, especially if they're digital titles. Uh, but I definitely want to get more into at some point after after you go, I'll talk a little bit about the whole idea of 62. Of course. Uh, I personally believe that $60 for a standard price point for a shipped physical game in the U.S. is too low now. And uh, I say that obviously begrudgingly because I like games cheaper, but with the, you know, the slow raise of uh, the dollar, you know, going down, uh, the economy should be dictating that the price of the game should be going up. Uh, obviously, you can either raise the price of the game or you can lower the, uh, the cost of the amount of de development going in into it. But if the amount of development is the same over the years, I feel like it should probably be around $70 at this point. Okay, so here's where I want to get into because the idea that there should be more money is the one I'm going to contest uh, because there's there's a lot of great videos on this. And basically, it's game com game companies are tricking everybody with the idea that, oh, we need to we need $60 or the game will never we need all this DLC. We need $60. We need microtransactions or the game won't make money. And that's a complete falsehood. Uh, one thing I would say is check out Tarmac's video. It's called Fe it's feature creep video and it's talking about should games be $60 this exact topic I reference this conversation all the time on into the video game which is that they, he actually did a breakdown of EA Ubisoft and one of their major companies finances and what he found that since like 2010 2011 and even before that because games were 50 for a while and then then went up and uh, right around then and even forward despite these you know games getting more pretty and the visuals getting more beautiful and all this stuff uh, the development cost of games was completely the same it had not gone up at all. The advertising costs went up and the revenue went way up because of loot boxes and microtransactions and things like that. So they're not losing any money. They're actually gaining much more now money with that $60. They definitely do not need to raise it whatsoever. If anything, they're tricking us by saying it needs to be 60 plus DLC uh, just because they've put more money to advertising is yeah. what they've done. Development cost has not increased. That's absolutely fair. And honestly, yeah. let's be honest here. We're probably not going to ever see it go up to $70 because people won't buy it unless it's limited edition or special edition and whatnot. Right. And if people want to make more money uh, on the video game business, they have actually gone in the opposite direction. Uh, mm -hmm. If you want to look at free to play games where it's like, oh, it's cheaper to you. The problem is, though, obviously, there's so many hook, line and sinkers just everywhere for you to snag on that they're going to make more than that anyways. Yeah. Which, the, OK, yeah. so uh, throwing out a couple of examples, uh, talking about FIFA as a franchise. It's 60 bucks every year that you have to yeah. pay for the full game when it's a service game. It's a service, it's a game that's based on a service model uh, because people pay a fuck ton of money to buy coins and in game currency for FIFA Ultimate Team. And like, FIFA's basically just a roster upgrade every year. So it's stupid that it's 60 every um, like sure you'll get mechanic changes uh, mechanic changes and this and that engine changes whatever but still they make enough money from fifa ultimate team that they can drop the price all the way down to 30 bucks mm -hmm. uh, they, it i don't see any reason why they shouldn't even um, um like overwatch did this right from the get-go overwatch has always been 40 dollars yeah. in the states and um they they know okay we've got loot boxes people will probably get money through there as blizzard we're getting money through all these other places uh we're not really offering much content so there's no reason it should be more than 40 bucks Right, mm -hmm. where uh, forty bucks is going to go towards uh, okay our own personal revenue, but also make making sure the servers are staying up, which we're also getting influx from uh, loot boxes. They made right? a billion dollars on loot boxes in I think like a couple of years. So just, just exactly. So I, I was uh, okay. yeah. I was having a conversation. I'd like to bring up this question: what What would happen if Overwatch became free to play? 
uh, they'd still make a billion dollars. <laughs> probably make a lot more because they'd have a, a larger player base, which would make, you know, in turn, a greater chance of them getting more loot boxes opened or bought, I guess, would be the more important thing. The big problem with that, like the big problem, you're right. And the problem is, though, with things like that is we have to consider that the game companies are companies, uh, you know, interested in revenue. And so what that comes down to is that the board would basically be like, why are we making this game free when we don't have to? And the developers and all the people in the front end would have to like show them and demonstrate to them and convince them that they'll somehow make more money by making it free to play. <laughs> Premium the, loot boxes. The 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 uh, example for that is uh, Fortnite. Epic Games should be yep. the standard for that now because they're doing microtransactions, right? It's not anything game breaking. Mm -hmm. You're not paying. Uh, you're not paying to win, but you pay a ridiculous amount of money to buy one skin. You pay twenty dollars yep. for some of the top tier, really good looking skins, mind you, but. It's insane how much people are willing to spend. And um, Fortnite, like Fortnite is the scenario where like the battle royale was always free. So like it's hard to convince, it'd be hard to convince like the, the staff, oh, yeah, right? No, and the, the shareholders to from Overwatch being 40 to go down to free to play. But I think that what's the downside is for us, at least on the actual player end, is like we can always have willpower and not buy those things and get a free product. That's great, which is, you know, in the case of yeah. um, Overwatch in this scenario, right? But at the same time, generally what we'll find is that if that happens, the compromise that will be made is things we push in your face much more. Yep. So the compromise that will be made is, okay, you can make it free. However, we need to up the advertising in game for um, yeah. loot, like loot box and that sort of thing. So then it just yeah, becomes and, a um, game, like basically. You can, you can earn loot boxes in Overwatch through gaining, like anytime you level up through getting experience, you get a loot box. So I would imagine that system would just be completely scrapped. Right? Yeah, well, the game's free to play. Now. So now if you want cosmetics, um, you, you have to earn, the, like you have to buy them. Yep. But I mean, the game I want to tout around, the game I want to hold up as the holy standard, honestly, is Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, because that was made with a small team. It was made on a small budget. It has triple A quality graphics, a price yeah. point of $30. And guess what? It made them tons of money. It sold millions of copies and it was yeah. an overall success. The game awards, it won four different awards and yeah. this type of game was like, this was an incredibly small team veterans. Yes. Uh, I think it was over Ninja Theory. Uh, Ninja Theory team, yeah. yeah, Ninja Theory. I always get team Ninja Ninja Theory mixed up, but veterans. Yes. But they just, they made a product $30 and they proved basically that double a games can exist in the current space and they proved with that game almost solely that triple a um is is not the only way to go and is also a gimmick <laughs> i would say See, and also in my eyes at least in my very naive eyes uh single player games that offer you a ton of content a higher price point i can understand mm -hmm. but games that are as a service or that need updating regularly like black ops 4 destiny 2 uh world of warcraft like world of warcraft i think they did it right finally mm -hmm. where it's okay you pay the subscription you pay for this expansion you don't have to pay for anything else because if it was maybe two expansions be like okay pay for these two expansions but now they have like eight million expansions and yep. so to play the newest expansion you had to pay for everything and that would total up to 120 canadian dollars so that was insane right for especially for somebody who's a new player for example yep. and i think uh we we had a slight discussion about this a uh, couple of episodes back i would like um, to defend them a little bit further here because uh we had the concept that in the past year and a half we had to buy every single expansion yeah. i would like to point out that uh, activision blizzard actually allowed everybody to buy everything up until legion in the past couple of years for 20 bucks mm -hmm. they just called it simply world of warcraft yep and i think the idea behind that is there was definitely an internal study done that basically said these games have sold through they've already sold what they're going to sell and at this point they're just sitting there so if we do this draw attention to it release it at a cheaper price point we'll actually get sales we would not have before because people would not be doing it in the first place so there, there is also the concept of this game has been out for so long it's right, been right. through. so 
So, right. so yeah, so like The Witcher 3 will be one of my examples for a game mm-hmm. that's worthy of $60 because yeah. uh, CD Projekt Red is an amazing team. They put yeah, out sure. so much of content for free. The game, uh, you can easily put 100 hours into it just playing the DLCs and just going through the base game and exploring. Um, so for games like that, games that are that expensive, single player, a higher price point, sure. But for a game like, uh, you know, Black Ops 4, where really there's very little campaign, but it's mostly multiplayer, drop it down to 30 and then charge whatever you want through whatever microtransactions, as long as they're done properly, ethically, at least, mm-hmm. um, and keep it at that price point because people are going to keep playing. Yep, yep. I think, yeah, I want I want 60. I don't want to ever go above 60 unless it's for special editions and things like that because I think at that point, like, we're already at the point where they're pretty much, like, the profits are, and this is a very consumer-based mindset, but the profits are already wildly above, like, they're getting more every year, basically, out of, out of what we're paying them, right? So it doesn't need to go up. That would get them even, 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 even more. Whereas for us, we'd have to pay out more. So they should just keep it where it is uh, for now, unless a major, I don't know, engine change happens that makes things incredibly more expensive to make. But yeah, for live service games, different method, I think. I think you definitely need a different pay method for a live service. But yeah. It stinks because it's very hard for me to try to defend my point without receiving heavy consider- or, uh, criticisms because A, it's you know a strong opinion, but it's not one that's uh, objectively based. Versus how I personally feel in the matter. Uh, I guess I would have to shoot a couple of counter questions. Like, uh, for example, let's say God of War came out for the PS4. Yep. Uh, maybe not a brand new engine, but obviously it's a complete remake from what the uh, the, the studio had to work with previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously they had to work with a new engine, spend a lot of development time trying to get everything up and pretty. And they also made a very, very strong point that they will not release or create any DLC for God of War 4. Does that mean that the $60 is objectified? One's if they wanted to put more work into it, they pushed it off for an extra six months. They put more work into it. Uh, would they be entitled to try to make the argument to raise the price? Or would you believe that the game received more content, but the price point should not change? Uh, one thing I would say is uh, the engine that they use for God of War is one they have a lot of practice with because it's been a similar engine to what they've been using since the PS4's launch for all their big exclusives. Okay. Uh, so they did have experience with it. But in terms of the actual production using that engine, you know, they, they've made it very streamlined at this point. The tools have upgraded with the visuals, the visual fidelity, right? So the man hours is similar between games, basically, is what was found uh, between looking at Ubisoft, EA, and all that thing, sort of thing. Uh, so here's the thing, like, $60 games can vary widely in terms of how much content that's available to you. Uh, what they have to price in mind of is not what they can inflate their advertising budget to potentially get out of people, but what people will actually pay. And so for a God of War, like people might pay $80 for God of War, but I wouldn't like I wouldn't buy that. And I don't think that's reasonable to buy that because they're already making money hand over fist and they want to bring more people into these series because you have to think about longevity as well and long term lifespan of a series. So for a game like God of War, especially for a reboot now, I think you want a lower price point to get in as many people as possible to buy later games because there's a question between somebody who won't buy an $80 game but will buy two $60 games a couple years apart so an overall net 120 versus an overall net um, nothing basically or an overall net 80 but don't want to spend 80 in the next game so they do have to consider their future as well that is a very very fair point so I think the three of us could agree then that at least in the the near future, we will not see a game naturally go over $60 as a baseline price. Well, uh, what I was saying is it shouldn't, they might, and I will take them to the gallows for it pretty much. I'm I'm sure they're going to see a a crazy amount of backlash like the video game industry, 
probably have seen. Let's be real here. We've seen a lot of shit come about, you know, small decisions. New fight every week. <laughs> and uh, so because they're afraid to cross that line, they're going to find different and new ways to, uh, you know, collect their shekels from you in any other way that we can. And we've seen different ways that they can do it. They can do also, it. I think um, we not that we didn't explicitly talk about them, but we also have to think about the publishers. Mm-hmm. Do, do the publishers care? <laughs> that's, well, the, the, that's the thing. The publishers are generally the people I was referring to. The publishers are the evil big bad guys in yeah. in, in my world story here of the Just ones to who move are, the move the yeah. uh, uh, blame away slightly from uh, the developers. No, because this the blame should have like, never been on the developers. Yeah, no, develop, they they really don't have any um, uh, decision making over how much their game is going to be priced. They're yeah. they're doing a job that they love. And it's the people that they're partnered with that make all these other financial decisions. Right. And they Absolutely. often, they don't often, I think, at least in, I know in Japan and sometimes in the US, unless you're an indie studio, don't make commission off how much the game sells in, in many cases. Yeah, so, usually there's yeah. not bonuses or anything like that, unless it does so. obnoxiously well. But if we're talking like AAA publishers, no, the, all that extra money goes into the publisher's pocket, right. usually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it encourages the publisher to give a little bit more leeway to the developers in future, you know, games. But if uh, the game doesn't do well or if it does average, uh, publisher still holds like a a heavy leash, and it's not really publishers. I mean, we have to consider publishers are the ones who have the final okay of if the game even gets shipped or not. So it's like the developers are do have a strangle grip. Developers generally will go to a publisher and pitch a game, but like if a publisher comes down and says, "Hey, this feature in that game, uh, we don't want that." you can't ship the game with that feature because they won't ship it. You know what I mean? It's like you need to would then have to break with them and do it on your own independently. So like publishers are the, are the big bad here who have that strangle grip. Uh, so what I'd say is if they wanted to, you know, if they were so worried about their profits and wanted to continue this, you know, ridiculous, this upgrade for the same amount of effort, I would say, uh, well, they should maybe cut back a little bit on the Taco Bell tie-ins and instead of raising the game prices to 70 or $80. Ooh, throwing some heat towards Taco Bell. Yep. Gee. Okay. Does, here's the question, right? Does Dissidia NT really need the Nissan Cup Noodle tie-ins or maybe the game should have been cheaper because nobody's playing it and it's dead? So. I mean, to be fair, there was a good uh, month or so where I was watching uh overwatch to be thrown on to talk about the the $40 game that we were making the argument for so. okay but also overwatch um the overwatch league that ended a couple of weeks ago uh the finals were streamed on espn oh yeah and they made a billion dollars on loot boxes so, so like, they can do whatever they want with that overwatch money. <laughs> at this point overwatch is a goliath because it's now it's a never-ending stream of uh, tournaments we're yeah. at the preliminary stages of um the overwatch world cup the third world cup uh since its uh, inception and uh, i'm really excited because i really watching high level competitive gameplay and overwatch the team at blizzard whoever's in charge of overwatch they've done a fantastic job with turning it into an esports making all these different uh, deals with all these different companies i think it was uh, during the league sour patch kids toyota um, and a bunch of other people um, and it was and it was a good high production value set too a little bit cringy at times and they got dj Khaled for the uh, um, for the finals in New York, which was a mistake because he's the he's the biggest meme in music industry since since DJ Khaled. Oh so, wow! Yeah, I'm I, out of that world. So I digress. So you you, you certainly digress. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, I think that's going to be it for the uh, topic of the show. Unless anybody wants to throw any uh, finishing thoughts here, I'm all set. No. All right, fair enough. Let's go into the game releases this week. Uh, let's see. The uh, release window date for us is uh, Monday, which is going to be technically 
today for the audio listeners uh the 20th of monday all the way up to the 27th uh which is next monday so games coming out is (sighs) i know i just like i i kind of like had a mental gag when i think of <laughs> shenmue one and two coming out for ps4 <laughs> xbox this. one and P- pc I was, uh, I was wondering who had the issue with shenmue and i remember it was you tyler Buy this i mean to support this <laughs> i was say it comes out august 21st so it's a game support this yeah, uh guacamelee 2 coming out for ps4 and pc also on the 21st which is uh both tuesday uh f1 2018 is coming out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC on August 24th. And I don't know how the heck this uh, came on the list because it's going on to next week. But in case we wanted to give you a two weeks warning, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate is coming out for the Switch next week, uh, next Tuesday on the 28th. Okay. Uh, let's see. I do see there's something here on the show notes. So I don't know where the heck this came from. It looks like uh, someone had a question for us. No, I just, uh, I did have another thing I wanted to put down if we have time so we can hit that or not. I mean, we're, we're already around like one hour 40. So depending on how you want to handle that. Let's just do a uh, simple answer explanation. And I mean, this is not one that we can easily fight over. Your yeah. opinion is wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, it looks like we have a question from Cam here. What is your least favorite entry in an otherwise good series? Mm. Now, uh, Cam, I'm assuming this question came from you. Yes, it did. So I saw this actually on Twitter and figured it'd be a good one to ask. Okay. And uh, since you asked, I'm going to have you answer last then out of yeah, respect. I was say, thank you, because I haven't thought of it yet. <laughs> oh, <that'd be> me <laughs> neither. So uh, usually I would pick Nick, but uh, I'm, I'm good do? to go. Okay, oh, good, because nice. I'm not um, Nick. Tell us. So uh, the Ratchet one. No, the Ratchet and Clank series on PS2 specifically. So there was uh, Ratchet and Clank 1, 2, three uh deadlocked and uh size matters so ratchet and clank i can't even remember ratchet and clank 2 was going commando three was up your arsenal four was deadlocked and um five was size matters and i believe that was handled by a different studio not insomniac or at least a partnership with a different studio um and it was terrible it didn't feel like any of the first uh, four games i think it was just a leeway into uh it was around the time when the ps3 came out and they were putting out um um uh, the ratchet and clank series on the ps3 they had the future series that i believe it's called and size matters was also put out on the psp and i just hated that game on the playstation 2 it didn't feel like the original games the writing was off the story was off the voice actors were off the gameplay was uh an adapted version of how it used to be and i just hated it i never finished it and i'm notorious for having played through all of the other ratchet and clanks repeatedly over and over again getting the uh once you finish the game it's like a new game plus mode and it's just harder and bigger enemies and yeah no i couldn't even finish the game yep fair enough i got a couple whenever you're ready sure uh uh, like I said, your your last cam. You calm okay. yourself down for the, the audio listeners and for anybody who uh, was able to look at this tiny uh, square inch uh, video of him. I saw Cam do this complete 180 and start staring at what at, I can only assume his Vita collection over there. <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot of my current generation games actually on that shelf. That's all that's on there really. Okay, fair enough. Uh, for myself, I'm going to keep it simple. Uh, a good series for me would be, in fact, The Legend of Zelda. However, there are a couple of duds. We will not mention the CDI because those are not canon. They throw those out the window. My least favorite entry for that would be the 3DS game known as Triforce Heroes. Oh, yeah. 
uh, I didn't, you know, in case I was worried, worrying people about like, oh man, is he about to talk about breath or a link between worlds? Yeah, because so I'd fight you on that. I'd fight myself for that yeah. too. Jeez. Like, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd get two faced on myself, like flip a coin, I want to beat myself. <laughs> in the face. Uh, I think it's fairly understandable why. Uh, I do like uh, Four Swords and Four Swords Adventures. I played a bunch of that when it came out on the Game Boy Advance and the uh, GameCube. However, when I saw this come out, I got excited. My best friend became excited. Uh, my wife was not interested. So there's something I learned, interestingly, about this game. is uh, It's focused on three different people teaming up and doing cool stuff together. It's a little bit weird because we're used to either one, two, or four specifically, which, you know, is a lot to ask for people. And, like, how likely are you going to find three other friends with the, you know, the same game to play it together? Or the idea of maybe doing uh, share play, which is, you know, it's something big for the 3DS. However, this one focused on three. And not only that, you can only do one or three. You can't have two people and then, you know, have a third person be shared between two. Oh, wow. And so it was vicious. To make it worse, I could not play locally with my friend and then play online with somebody else. Nor could I, like, it had to be all three of us together, all three of us online, or I couldn't, you know, I'd, I'd have to find two other random people to play online with or play all three by myself. And just the how tricky it was, it was just so asinine that it just, it bugged me. So if I was out on the road and I was trying to play this game, it's just me trying to control three different people that would just sit there like fucking idiots while monsters would tear them apart while I'm trying to do a part of a puzzle over here. And just carrying over three people, I'm assuming this is what it's like to be a parent on like the smallest scale. Like, why are you eating the soap over there and then getting hit by an octorock? It's like, you're supposed to be sitting there by a block. Oh, you're in the lava. Oh my gosh. Okay, so maybe not like a parent. However, uh, th the one time I did appreciate playing it is when I did get online. I got to play with two other people who I don't know what their age were. I don't know what their lifestyle were. They were terrible, but it was like the closest thing I was going to get with cooperation on the game. And the game went from like complete batshit terrible to mediocre. However, the fact that I need other people to decide if a game is going to be good for me in a Zelda title series... No, I, I could not accept that. So I threw that one down the hill fairly quickly. How about you, though, Cam? Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda drop, Mike. <laughs> oh, oh, there it goes. Yeah, there, and that's that's the easy answer. That's fair. Yeah, that's drop, fair. Mike, like we're done. No, it's, but uh, that's aside from that, because everybody knows that one. Uh, I do have one more, and that's there's a series on the Game Boy Advance called Legacy of Goku, and they're Dragon Ball Z <laughs> RPGs. <laughs> <laughs> oh no i forgot about that game series <laughs> yep no it, I, I really love it actually uh it's Solar to my heart. oh my gosh the character model's frozen for 10 seconds let me punch them <laughs> and run away yes so, i remember funny enough i actually think that the 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 weakest one in the series is the first one and it's, oh really and it's really funny because in my opinion they get way 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 better from there and it's funny when you have a first game that doesn't do well and then doesn't get canned and gets better from there uh because in the first game the idea of the whole series is it's an action rpg and you're going through the entire dragon ball z series so it goes all the way between three games from you know saiyan saga to boot through boo saga basically uh and what's really nice is or what's terrible <laughs> is in the first one you don't have knockback on your hits 
So in the second and third games, you basically juggle. So like you hit somebody, they have a knockback. In the first game, you hit them, they just stand there and basically like they have super armor the entire time and they just mm -hmm. punch you in the face. And it's terrible. And you know, the, the music isn't as great. The second and third game have like MIDI versions of the Bruce Falconer tracks for Dragon Ball Z. And uh, it's not so great in the first one. Namek looks gross the entire time you're on Namek. And a lot of the like the quests and battles are just really um, I guess the word for it is, I haven't played it in a while, but the word for it was just like obnoxious, I would say. Whereas in two and three, like it gets to the point where it's like, okay, you know, this is a full, you know, action RPG going through the story. We even hit some of the movie stuff as side content, side optional content. Like there's, you know, end game content plus all the things, you know, you have uh, what's it called knockback. You can transform, you know, into Super Saiyan, uh, Super Saiyan 2, Super Saiyan 3 in some cases. Many characters to choose from rather than just Goku. They're just overall so much better. And so I think it's the weakest one. So I've only played the first one. Oh, you know, so they, the only thing I remember is, as you said, they had super armor. You punch them. They punch you back at the same time. And obviously they hurt more. So you oh, got to yeah. actually you got to do strategy. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing I remember specifically is hitting them with solar flare, yep. punching them, running yep. away, waiting for like 30 seconds for some reason, and then doing the same thing over and over again. Yep. And it was just like playing the worst fighting game to where it's like they seek and destroy, but otherwise they would just stand there like a fucking idiot. Yeah, the, it, the AI was terrible. Oh, God. So if you haven't played the second, third one, jump on those. Their league's better. Um, I recommend them to everybody who has a Game Boy Advance. So I mean, uh, what what am I going to give up for it? Oh, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, yeah, yeah. Have, um, well, I mean, we don't really need World of Warcraft, so you uh, can... we don't need Persona 4 Golden either. No, no I think you need that one, though. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to bring it up because I have only made a little bit of progress. But yeah. OK, OK. Okay, fair enough. Uh, anything else that we want to talk about? The least favorite game in our otherwise good, you know, series. I'm all set. Fair uh, enough. Let us wrap up real quick then here and uh, get some housekeeping out of the way. You can email us at casualmasterquest at gmail dot com. And quite frankly, uh, we've gotten one person from uh, Mr. Carlos over there. But you know, if you want to send it up, you want to you know challenge them, try to beat us uh, and get us another email. Uh, you can also hit us up on the Twitter on the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. Oh, man. I'm old. <laughs> on the Twitter. On the Twitter. <laughs> on that weird yeah. machine. You can find us on Twitter. At Casual Quest Pod. All podcasts and gaming. At Master Quest Pod. Master Quest Pod. What did I say? Casual, Quest, casual Pod. Quest Pod. Casual. I mean, maybe we that one too. One. <laughs> Let's say not yet. Master Quest Pod. That's on Twitter. You can find it. All podcasts and gaming can no longer be found on our YouTube channel. However, you'll see some of it. But we'll link it on our, you know, our Twitter whenever you want to take a look at it. Like most of the gaming, uh, whatnot, are all done on our Twitch. Mm. I have been exporting it over the Casual Master Quest so people can watch it if they want to. And uh, you can also obviously find our podcast there on the YouTube thing. So if you ever want to watch us live, you know, begrudgingly talk to each other about our favorite games and whatnot, and see which one has the happiest set up for console numbers and if quizzes. you want to see uh what's it called if you ever want to see me make way too many hand gestures you can check out the video format because i'm doing this all the time <laughs> if you want to see true despair by question three of the quiz today you could check out the <laughs> youtube video for this podcast <laughs> however uh if you want to check us out individually you can find myself on twitter at two times tyler all letters all one word or now on twitch.tv i'm at twitch.tv slash two times tyler Nice and simple. I stream Tuesdays and Fridays, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Saturn. I only do Zelda games unless otherwise, you know, if it's during an, the off season or whatever, you might catch me editing a uh, podcast like this one, which you might see me later. 
or uh, I haven't done World of Warcraft yet, but you know, I'm starting to think. It's like, uh, let's not subject them to that. Nick, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LRWarrior11, on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash LRWarrior11, and on Instagram at LRWarrior11. It's nice because we're all smart. We uh, we brand well. We all chose the same name for all our stuff. Cam, lead us out. What is or where can we find you? All right. You can find me on Twitter at Cam Collects. That's my preferred social media. So hit me up there. I'm on twitch.tv slash Cam Collects and I stream Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So Tyler and I actually have an overlap going on these days now. Yes, we are not going to fight for <laughs> the well. I mean, we got similar like fields of interest for the audience, yeah. but I feel like you got a more hardcore and I'm like the uh, eh, whatever. But yeah, well, we open each other's streams. So we're, we're in each other's streams in the meantime in the background. But I will not admit that whatsoever so on mondays I'm, I'm mostly a pokemon streamer with some bonus variety stuff or if i'm working on something for a podcast for example so on mondays we're doing pokemon white 2 randomized nuzlocke and on fridays i'm doing pokemon prism a blind nuzlocke i've never played it before it's a fan game with 20 badges extremely extensive you can check that out uh, in terms of everything else anything else i also if you want to check out my other podcast at into the video game.com focuses a lot more on industry analysis and like trends and data and that sort of thing so you can check that out there too if you want and that's me that's awesome that was episode 15 of casual master quest people and nick i'm gonna give you the honor will you please take us out thank you very much for listening have a good day have a good night love you all huh? be safe Say and don't forget yeah. to never stop the grind there you go that's it people <laughs> we will see you guys later see you guys later bye-bye bye-bye i love you love you, love you. Uh, uh, I still haven't hit the stop broadcast button. I'm waiting. I know. Me too. <laughs>Find more of our work by searching for Casual Master Quest on iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast players. Check out what we'll be doing next week on Twitter at MasterQuestPod.